into the deep. Uh, a lot of Christians, uh, they we they just want to be on the outside. They, everything is going well. They're okay. That's the way they feel. <laughs> but there is more, and we need to go out into the deep. As you've you've heard the scripture, deep calls out to deep, and it goes both ways, evil or good. When he starts, it's like he's never going to quit. It's one thing comes, and another thing follows, and another follows. That's the, the context of that scripture. Deep calls out to deep. David was going through trouble, and it's like he's never ending. It's the same way when God begins to act, and deep is calling out to deep, the deliverance goes all the way. God doesn't quit. Uh, that's what I want to be talking about tonight. Father, in Jesus' name, just help us, give us revelation from your word. The entrance into God's word is what gives us light. And we need that light tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. David, I'm glad you made it in (laughs) from San Antonio. The question is, why are believers still in captivity? Even after you know Jesus saved you and you you know the Bible says if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. If the Son makes you free, you're free indeed. But we still recognize in our lives and still very conscious that we are not completely free. And why is that? Why do we feel that way? And why, do we, why is our experience that way? It is really the knowledge of the truth that frees us. You can't free yourself anyway. It's the knowledge of the truth and obedience to the knowledge of the truth that frees us. Obedience is one part. But you really cannot obey fully from the heart unless you have full revelation in the heart. Because your confession has to come from the heart. With the heart, man believes unto righteousness. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. You can't really be free until the faith, the belief, is coming from the heart. And you cannot really believe from the heart unless you have revelation from God. You cannot rise above your level of revelation. It's according to the revelation that you've received from the Lord. That's what I believe Jesus meant when he said, to you it's been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom, the keys of the kingdom. Those things come to us, and once you have the key, you are about to unlock the door and to step out. But until you have the key, which is really a key of revelation, the key of revelation... Until you have that key in your hand, you cannot unlock the door. You can pray, but you don't have the key. You can cry, you still don't have the key. And God will have, you know, have pity on you while you're crying, but you don't have the key. He's giving you the key, you just haven't gotten it. And so you have to go into the deep to get that key with which to unlock that door. Whether it's a door of finance, whatever it is. You have to have the key. Even if it's killing, you still have to have that key 
for you to be able to um, unlock it. Now, if somebody helps you by faith and you are able to, they are able to unlock the key for you, uh, it doesn't mean you are completely free because you might walk back and the door shuts and you still need the key. You want to go back to the same individual, but this time they may not be able to help you because God is saying, I want you to have your own key which wish to unlock that door so you can walk out. Now that key is the key of revelation. You cannot rise above the revelation that you have from the Lord. It's just it's not going to happen. And that's why we hear the word of God. So we can receive revelation. That's why we study. That's why we pray. But you don't receive revelation until you launch out into the, the deep. You know, something Pilate said, so important. Uh, John chapter 18, verse, uh, verse 37. Pilate was talking to Jesus and he was asking Jesus this question. Are you a king then? Are you the king? Jesus answered in one way. He wasn't satisfied with the answer. So he said, are you a king then? And Jesus said, answered him, you say rightly that I'm a king. For this cause, I, I was born. And for this cause, I have come into the world. What cause? That I should bear witness to the truth. That's the only reason Jesus came. That's what he said. That's his mission. I came into, I was born, the purpose of my birth. The reason why I left heaven to come to the earth. He told us right there. I know we know he came to die for our sins. But no, first. He said it right here, to bear witness to the truth. He was about to go to the cross. You, you will expect him to say, to go to the cross and die for the sins of the world. No, he said, this is the reason why I was born. Can you get it? This is the only reason I came into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Once the truth is spoken, now look at what Jesus said. I need to continue with that. That I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth. Hears my voice. Everyone who is of the truth. You'll hear him. He will walk in your life. Now, hearing his voice is not like I heard him speak. No. Hearing his voice is hearing him and acting. It works for you. When he bears witness to the truth. Because he is the truth. When you hear the truth and you are of the truth, you immediately hear his voice. And you are able to walk. That's what frees us. You remember what Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We already said, you shall know the truth. He is the truth. And if you are of the truth, you hear his voice. And once you hear his voice, you got the keys to the kingdom you can step out the only reason he was born to bear witness to the truth that is if you have believed the lie he has no witness to bear to what you believe you will suffer in darkness if you accept the truth he bear witness to it and when he bears witness to it you're free you're free You know what's going on in the church? I think a lot of people rely too much on their intellect. 
to obtain truth. It's not how much you study. You can have a lot of knowledge. You still don't have truth. Because truth is born into your heart for your deliverance, for your freedom, and for you to be able to take the same truth and bring deliverance to the other. Other. Revelation is only given by the Spirit. The truth only comes from the Spirit of God. We use our own intellect to try to interpret. I knew, I knew I have read so many scriptures in the past, didn't understand it. I knew what he said, but I had no understanding. I couldn't work with it. I had no revelation. I could reason it out. I can actually preach it to you. <laughs> but having the revelation for your deliverance is a different thing. But once you get a hold of the truth, you're free. But staying out and not lunging into the deep, you will never receive revelation. And that's what a lot of Christians do. We're running to and fro, trying to get something, the key. Nothing wrong with that if your desire is, if that's your way of lunging into the deep. You understand what I'm saying? There's got to be a burning desire. A burning desire to get to it. And God will show it to you. That's how we obtain truth. See, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 through 12. It says, But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. If you are a man, uh, you will know it. Just because you are a man, it won't come into your heart. You won't even hear it. It's not like you won't hear the scriptures. It's not going into your heart. Because when it comes into your heart, verse 14 of that same chapter, it says, only by revelation, the carnal mind cannot receive the things of the Spirit of God. God is giving it. He just cannot receive it. So he's got to come through the Spirit. But God, God, he said, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. The only way you can have it is through the spirit. True revelation comes from the spirit. But people are trying to reason these things out. And they can't understand it. And usually you misinterpret it and it still won't work. And what happens instead of growth, you see damage in the lives of people. They are held more in bondage. They are not free. They become fearful. But once you get this, you lose the fear. Regardless of what it is. If it's finances, even though you may still be down, way down there. But once you get the truth, you lose the fear. You can see the future. Because you now have revelation from God. It's only through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, he says. How many things? All things. The Spirit is the one that is doing the searching. And you have to cooperate with the Spirit because Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. I am going to send you my Spirit. And you and the Spirit, you cooperating with Him, will begin to search all things and yea, yes, the deep things of God going into the deep. The deep things of God. Christians don't want to search those deep things. They are satisfied to be in church member, um, church member 
and come to church every Sunday uh, to say, I'm present. I was in church on Sunday. No hunger for the deep things. That says, when God uses the word deep things, it means deep things. You won't find it on the surface. Precious things are not found on the surface. You can't walk on the street and find gold. On, you know, by the side of the road. You can't, you got to dig, dig deep. That's the way God has made it. Even spiritual things are like that. You can't find oil oozing up from the ground just by itself. Right? You got to dig deep to find anything precious, anything precious. Whether it's material thing or spiritual thing, it's in the deep. You have to get to the deep before you to get it. If you're content with staying out in the, with the rest of the crowd, you're not going to get it. But the thing is, once you go into the deep and you come out, what you, you're separated from the rest of them. People can see it. They know you have been in the deep because the result is going to be there. And they'll respond. But most Christians like to stay in the stand and they clap for those that are you know, playing. They should be down there. They are content to be up there. They won't go into the deep. And God will protect that, what you want. Because you don't have a desire. It says, For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man, which is in him, even so, no one knows the things of God. What is it? No one knows. You can read the scripture and think you know. You don't. No one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. He's the one that says it. And if you're listening to him, he'll reveal to you. These are not mysteries, you know. This is just practical things. You have the desire, you start searching, he'll, he'll start responding to you. He'll talk to you. He'll show you scriptures. He'll sit you down and explain things to you. If you're digging, he'll explain things to you. Some of you have read Kenneth Hagin's book where Jesus sat with him and started explaining things to him. And he says, where did you get that? And he says, turn to this place. And God is explaining the scriptures to him right there. And he got revelation, shouting when he leaves. This is great. And it works for him. That's why he's, all, he's known all over the world today. And I think it was Lonnie, Pastor Lonnie. Uh, where's Charlie? He says to say hi, talk to him today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was in that school and close to the family. He said sometimes Kenneth Hagin walks out of his office. He's praying. He's so deep in prayer. He'll say hello to the people. He walked by them. He's forgotten he's greeted them in the morning. He gets back in his office still praying. And then when he's released, he comes out and says, Hey, how are you guys doing? They say, Well, we already greeted you. He said, Really? <laughs> he can't remember it. He's so focused on getting into the deep. It's so important we desire that. You won't really experience true freedom in God until you decide, I'm going to do this. It's very important. Some people will fast. Whatever God lets you do, go ahead and do it. But you have to do it, and I have to do it. And sometimes you can take just three days off. I'm going to fast about this. God, you've got to talk to me. Probably the second day he's already talking to you. He's happened to me before. Second day, he's already talked to me about what I want, and there's no need to stay. I go back to my food, okay? <laughs> he's already revealed this stuff to me, but you got to lunge out, you know, into the deep. Uh, he says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world. You got the spirit. You do. 
It's not going to. You got the Holy Spirit. It says, now we have received, when it says, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Then it says, you have the Spirit. We have received the Spirit that we might, might it doesn't say you will, <laughs> know the things, that's the things of God now, that God has freely given to us. You use the Spirit, not your intellect. It's really the Holy Spirit. John 16, verse 12 and 13 tells us, I still have many things to say to you, Jesus said to his disciples. And believe me, it's the same thing today. In your own life, he has a lot he wants to show you. I have many things to say to you. I have so many things I want to share with you, but you cannot bear them now. I can't go into that, but if you decide as a Christian you want to stay a baby, he, he's not going to show it to you. You are a baby. In Galatians, it says there that uh, a prince, you know, even though he's an heir to the throne, he's, he's, he doesn't differ from a servant. He's just like a servant. He's he under the stewards and the servants in the house. They instruct the prince who is going to be king what to do. Sit back here. Go back to your bed. That's the king. He can't tell the, or the prince who is going to become his heir, but he's still a baby. Until that time appointed, he can be a king. They won't listen to him. He says, come here, servant. He says, I say, go to your bed. <laughs> As the servant commanding the prince because he's still a child. But once he becomes a man, he's grown, he becomes a king. You don't do that anymore. You are just a servant. If you decide you want to stay as a baby, God has a lot he wants to say to you. But you can bear them. I'm not going to do that to you. That's aside. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you. It's the Holy, Holy Spirit that will guide you. Son, daughter, this is not right. Check this as you search. God will begin to guide you. He will guide us into truth. Hear the spirit of truth. He will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority. So he's going to be hearing from the Father. And he's going to be given to, to us. Now... The, you know, I had to repent before God, and I shared this with some men I had meetings with on uh, Tuesday. You know, we believe that Jesus has finished his work, right? And he's seated at the right hand of the Father, right? And he's, he's, he's not doing much anymore. Well, that's a lie. That's not true. God created the world and in my thinking, maybe you, you're so smart you didn't think that. He rested on the seventh day, right? And people think, well, God is just resting. No. Jesus said, the Father is still working until now, and I'm working. The Father, he's still working up till this very moment. God is still at work. God is still speaking. God is still trying to say something to us. 
The, you, the only problem is you are not listening, neither are you even trying to get him to speak to you. The father is still at work. That's why we pray, to get him to work on our behalf. That's why we pray. He's still working. It's not like you got to do something so that what he's already done can be done. No, he's still working. That's what the Bible, Jesus said that. The miracles that you see, that's the father working. You think he's resting, you Jews think he's rested on the Sabbath day and he's still resting. God, Jesus said, no, you're mistaken. He is still working till now. And the scriptures cannot be broken. God is still working. You have to get him to work on your behalf. And you will work on your behalf. You're just sitting there doing nothing. You got to launch out into the, into the deep. To get revelation. So you can say, arise, O God, so your enemies be scattered. Well, if he's resting, why are we telling him, rise, O God? <laughs> you know? The enemies are there. Rise up, O God, so your enemies be scattered. God has to rise. And you got to get him to rise and get the angels to, be, to move on, on your behalf. By sitting there and not wanting to go deep, that's what you want. He's going to protect that. The father is still working. And he's still speaking. The many things that he wants to see, he's still speaking. Well, you can read scriptures, but there are things that are peculiar to your own life. Right? Well, he wants to speak to those things. You won't be able to find those things in scriptures. You won't read from, you can't read from scripture what great guy to get married to. It's not there. You can't read from scripture what job or what city to live, what church to go to. Most Christians don't even ask the Lord. They just go. <laughs> they just go. And they hope that they're doing the right thing. But we have to talk to him and he's still speaking. God is still speaking. But can you handle what he's saying? Are you even ready to receive? And if you have received the spirit, then you have the receptacle. You can receive you can receive. It's just whether or not you want to receive or whether you want to search and let the Spirit of God search those deep things. Amen. Amen. We must go out into the deep. You have to. I'm going to read a scripture here from the life of uh, uh, Peter. Peter. Luke chapter 5, verse 4 through 7. Jesus borrowed the context of this story. Jesus borrowed uh, Peter's boat. Peter wasn't begrudging. He said, oh, Jesus had to preach. And Jesus borrowed Peter's boat and spoke from his boat. But when you give God something, he's going to pay you back. <laughs> That's just his, his nature. If you hold back, you got nothing coming to you. But when you give him your stuff, uh, regardless of how little it is or insignificant it is to you, Peter didn't care one way or the other. Oh, in his mind, forget it. We're not going to fish anyway. We just got back. We caught nothing. Go, go ahead. Use the boat. <laughs> but when Jesus was through, he was going to reward him for using the boat. Is that not amazing? Just you making yourself available. God, doing just a little thing for God, that to you is insignificant. 
and you do it with the right heart, he's going to pay you back. And uh, he paid Peter back. Verse 4, it says, When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both, both boats so that they began to sink. When you launch out into the deep, you will cease from toiling. See, Peter said, we have toiled all night. And we got nothing. When you hear from the master after you've gone into the deep, and the master is giving you, instruct, giving you an instruction, what he will tell you is, go out into the deep. Well, what was wrong with where Jesus was? Well, maybe you couldn't catch, catch much, but if he wanted, he, Peter could catch exactly as many fish right there where Jesus was, the water right there. But Jesus said, I want you to go into the deep. We have to go into the deep to cease from toiling. You will cease from your own struggle when you decide to go further into the deep. This is very important. You have to go behind the second veil. Some Christians are, they are happy and okay, it's okay with them, content to be in the outer court. If you study the uh, Jewish uh, tabernacle or temple that they built, they have the place where they call way out, so far from the Holy of Holies, the tabernacle itself, where the ark was, way out there, that's where they call the courts of the Gentile. The Gentiles couldn't come close. They were way out there. And then after that, they have another court, an inner court, closer to the tabernacle, around the tabernacle, that they called the court of the women, or what you read in the scripture, the treasury. All Jews can go there. Children, adult men, women, everyone can, could go there. That's the place Jesus did most of his ministry, because all the Jews were right there. The place where they had the box for money, that's where they had that, okay? Where Jesus sat and was watching. That's where he preached to the people in the temple. Not the holy place. And certainly not the holy of holy. It was the court, uh, you know, of the women. Or uh, the treasury. Right after that is the court of Israel. That's the court for the men of Israel. They can go, the women couldn't go there. That's why Jesus came to break down that middle, those middle walls of petition. Petition so people can go, anyone can go. And then after that, you have the tabernacle where you have the, 
the temple itself or the tabernacle itself. And they have the holy place. You know, they have the table of showbread, right? They have the table of uh, uh, candle where they put the incense is on the other side of it, uh, the other side of the veil. So there is one first veil, but the Bible is saying go past that. I'll read from Hebrews chapter 9, beginning from verse 3. And behind the second veil, not the first veil, behind the second veil, the part of the tabernacle which is called the holiest of all. Behind the second veil, which had the golden censer and the ark of the covenant overlaid on all sides with gold, in which were the golden part that had manna. Aaron's rod that budded, and tablets of the covenant, and above it were the cherubim of glory overshadowing the mercy seat. Of these things we cannot now speak in detail. Why was he talking about the tabernacle that was no more? He's trying to help us understand. You can decide to stay in the first, the holy place, not the holiest of all. All you have, and that is the, the bread, right? You got the bread, it's still fine. You got some light there, candlestick, right? Some Christians are happy to be there. Glory to God. I'm right there in the very presence of the living God. But when Jesus died, you remember, only the high priest could go. The priest could go the first part. But only the high priest into the second one. But God's desire is that for everyone to be able to come into the very presence of God, the holiest of all. That's where the covenant is. You know, they cover the tablets for the law. That's where it is. Everything in there is gold. Everywhere. The gold is inside the, the inner place, the holy of holies. You won't find gold in the other place. Now let me talk about manna. Manna was heavenly. That manna was still right there. The one that the Jews ate 40 years before, or maybe more than that, in the wilderness. The, God reserved that manna. But on the other side, they got bread. That's natural bread, right? In the holy place, you have supernatural bread. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's where the supernatural bread is. If you stay in the holy place, the holy, the, just the holy place, not the holiest of all, you got natural bread. It's always there. You got some light. Did we talk about any light in the holy of holies? Do you have any candlestick there? How come it's not dark? You got the mercy seat right there. Right? And then you have the cherubim of glory. You want to stay out in the holy place? You're not going to get much. The incense is right on the other side. Where the incense that's offered before God, that's the prayer of the saints. Not in the holy place, but the holy of holies. That's where God, Jesus split that and said, this is where I want you to come. But most Christians will launch out into the deep. They want to stay out there happy to be on the altar court. And that's where they don't get revelation. 
You want your life to burn? The stick that did all the miracles in the wilderness, in Egypt, that stick is not found in in the holy place. It's found in the holy of holies. You want your life to burn? That's Aaron's rod that budded. It is right in the holy place. That's where to get it. You have to launch out, launch out into the deep. If you're just satisfied, you're not going to get anywhere with God. You'll be okay. And that's the way of us. And I, I still, I'm still wanting to be more. I want more of God. I want God to reveal things to me. Do your search. You pray. And you speak to the Father. Asking him to teach you stuff from scriptures. Open my eyes. Let me see. Let me receive revelation that will free my, free my life. Paul was that kind of man and he talked about the revelation and he, God gave him so much revelation both in understanding of the word and the things that he saw in the third heaven, right? And God had to give him something. You're still a man now, Paul. <laughs> You're still a man. To remind him, you are not, you are not, you are not it. You are still a man. That way, I can show you more. And Peter said, there are things that Paul wrote that are difficult to understand. That the Apostle Paul, I mean Apostle Peter, but this guy wanted to go into the deep, and you hear it from his voice. I want to know him. Hmm? I want to know him, and the fellowship of his suffering. To know him, who is him? Jesus, he is the word of God. He is the word. So we got to go back in there. Now, uh, Hebrews chapter 10, he says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. You can't get in there until you come with the blood. But once you get in there, it's time for revelation the Spirit will begin to show you things. Great truths from God that will free you from fear. I believe the first thing is freedom from fear. Whether it's freedom from fear or sin consciousness, you know, people are afraid that I'm going to sin, I don't want to sin, I'm going to sin, I don't want to sin, I'm going to try to keep myself. You don't have to try to do anything. You let God and get that revelation of who you are. You are the righteousness of God. His dynamic is working in your life. You don't have to strive. When you strive, it's you doing it. And you constantly strive. And then you get very angry when somebody is not doing it because uh, it's your own power you're using to do it. But when you don't, when you see somebody messing up, it's compassion, not anger. Because it's only by grace. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. God wants you to enter into the holiest. Not stay out there, launch out into the deep, come into his very presence. He indicated that when he split the veil. That's where he wants you. Not the outer court. Not the holy place. He says, that's where to go. You need something, that is where to go. He says it's by a new and living way. We have to be. That's our target to get to the holiest of all. A new and living way consecrated for us through the veil. That is the, his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart. 
we draw near to the very presence of the God with whom we have a covenant. The tablets of the covenant is right there. And the promise is right there. You understand? You're right there with the Father. You got your incense for prayer. And you can get the revelation from God. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our faith without wavering or our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. So you come in there because you have obtained a promise. You don't go in there not wanting a promise to be fulfilled. But you see, the covenant is established on promises. He who promised is faithful. But until you go into the holy place with the promise, you got nothing. You're still in the outer court. You got to say, God. And God shows you how to come. Come with the blood. Come with the blood. Determine. Come with the blood. I'm coming in, Father. I got these questions. I got these promises. And I'm, you gotta, something's got to work, God. I want the gold. I'm not staying out there with just natural bread. I need supernatural bread. That's why I'm here. God, until you give me, I'm staying in here. There is no fear that you're going to be slain in there. You're coming out. And believe me, when you are in the presence of God, in the Holy of Holies, just like Moses was with God, up, when, God gave, when you come back out, your face, your face will be shining with the light of God. Your life will never be the same. But we need to get into the holy of holies. Don't compare yourself with other Christians. If you compare yourself, compare yourself with those that are really doing exploits. This thing is bugging me a little bit, so you guys bear with me. It seems like it's going to fall off. Compare yourself with those that are doing great exploits then you launch out into the deep because you want more. But if you're looking at the other brother who is not, he doesn't even want to be in church on Sunday, your pastor has to call him to be in church on Sunday, and you'll feel very satisfied where you are. And you won't go deep. But God is calling out. Deep calls out to deep. You want deep, call out to deep. If you want deep, you got deep. Call out to deep. And he will reveal himself to you. And when he starts, he won't stop. I'd like to close with this scripture here. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Notice when we come to his very presence, where we come into the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy. You know why we obtain mercy? We may have dabbled into stuff that we didn't even realize was causing us trouble. There's generational curses. We may have, something may have happened, and you're struggling, and you don't even know what's happening, and why things are so difficult. When you come into his presence, then you come into the throne of grace, where you can now obtain mercy. You came in with the promise. God, I got this promise. 
but I don't know why the promise is not working. And this covenant that I have with you is established on better promises. The promise is not working. But when you come, if you stay in the outer court, you don't receive, you're not at the throne of grace, you don't have a lot of grace. But you have, you come into the throne of grace and you obtain mercy. And God overlooks those things. And then you will find help. We all need his help. On Sunday when I go into uh, the message on prayer, you'll see everyone, every man needs his help. You won't make it right here without his help. We need his help. That's why Jesus said, I will send the helper. We need help. We always need help. If you are a man, you live on the earth, you need his help. You won't really make it without him. If you're going to go without him, you are presumptuous or stupid. We need his help. So when we come, you find help to meet. You find help to help in the time of need. We need help. But you don't obtain this help until you come boldly into the holiest of all. Don't be content with staying outside. Press in. Jesus said something. He says, from the days of John the Baptist, I quote it differently. And uh, I quote from 11, 12, Matthew. But in another scripture, he says, from the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God suffers violence. And he says, and everyone is pressing in. Everyone is pressing in. From the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God is revealed. And everyone is pressing in. Are you pressing in? How far do you want to go? Everyone is pressing in. Pressing in. Don't let your, fair, fair, your friend stop you. You're looking and say, well, I guess I've, I've gone as far. He's behind me. I'm okay now. No. Everyone is pressing in. Everyone is pressing in. How, how great is your desire to press in? Are you satisfied as a Christian? You've been a Christian for these many years. Are you, do you still have hunger? I cry out to God. I haven't seen anything yet. There's nothing to talk about. I want more. I want more. And I know the wanting more and just saying I want more is not going to get me more. I have to seek his face. I have to go in, I have to go deep and be willing. Some days I'm revealing the truth. I get a handle of a few truths and I'm, I'm down. I'm just, where have I been? But why didn't I see this? And I'm crying out to God, please help me. You can't be satisfied. And it's not a head knowledge thing. This is a spiritual thing. And God will reveal things to you and we are constantly being changed from glory to glory. And if you're not changing, something is really wrong. You got to change from glory to glory. You can't be talking about the past all the time. There is the future. I need more. I need more. And if God says, hold on, don't worry, there is more, but I'm doing the work in you right now, then God finish it. I will stay. But I want more. I want more. Amen? Please stand up with me.
I've often said this, and I don't mean anything bad, but you have to realize we are not running a group race. It's so important. Everyone is running on their own. When I speak a message, is I'm speaking to myself as well. It's something that God is dealt with me about. And I'm wanting to run the race. You have to run on your own. It's so funny. I can pray for my children, but I can run the race for them. They have to run the race on their own. It's every man to himself. And God is for all of us. It's as far as you want to go. I pray that God will give you desire. You know, desire to get more. Because you will not rise above the level of revelation you got from God. Once you have understood it, you are ready to go. You can then ask question, okay, God, what do I do with this that I know now? And he'll give you direction. Or he tell you, wait. Because I still have more to show you. Amen. I know you, are, you all have that heart to press in. And I'm grateful to God for your life. And God will reveal himself to you. God will take you into the deep. Because that's what you desire. Would you raise your hands up and thank him that he is already at work. The reason why you are here tonight is because God is calling you to go into the deep. You are the one of those that he has chosen. This is not by accident. You are here tonight, apart from others elsewhere, but you are here tonight ordained by the Father because he is saying to you, son, daughter, I want you to launch out into the deep. You've been out there for a while. That's okay. But now I want you in. I want you in my very presence. And you're saying to him, God, here am I. I'm willing. Let me go. I want to go. Father, I just thank you for your people tonight. I know your spirit is here. I know your spirit has confirmed this word. And Lord, we now know we can come into your very presence at any time. And Lord, you welcome us. You welcome us in there and you will bless us and you open our eyes and you help us to see and we shall do exploits because we are children of the living God. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.